The Bank of Japan has finally tweaked its policy of holding bond yields under 1%. But markets think it should have tightened more to push back against inflation. And so the yen fell overnight to a fresh 15-year low of 151.55 yen to the dollar. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in part two of our bonus deep dive interview, Kun Go explains how U.S. economic strength is softening the landing for Asia's economies. The U.S. is still very important as a source of final demand. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ. Number one, the yen has slumped overnight through to 151.55 to the dollar by 5 a.m. Australian time as global markets collectively took the view the Bank of Japan's slight tweak to its yield curve control policy yesterday was too slight to allow higher interest rates to fight inflation in Japan. That means the gap between US interest rates and Japanese interest rates stays wider for longer, making the US dollar more attractive. The yen had initially rallied yesterday morning to 149 yen on talk the Bank of Japan would remove its 1% ceiling on the 10-year Japanese government bond yield. Instead, the BOJ set 1% as a reference rate, which created ambiguity rather than certainty. Here's ANZ's head of FX research, Marjabin Zaman, on why the BOJ is so reluctant to tighten much or very quickly. The Bodge has come out to say, or Governor Ueda and also his predecessor, they have come out to say that wage inflation needs to pick up. Uh, Yes, inflationary drivers in Japan have picked up markedly, but again, until wages, especially real wages, which are currently in negative territory, until they actually uh, start to move higher, we don't see them shifting uh, into a positive rate. And in other market action this morning, the S&P 500 is up a little bit. The Nasdaq's flat. The US 10-year yield was down one basis point at 4.86%. Brent crude unchanged at $87.67 a barrel. And the Aussie dollar, bit weak at 63.25 US cents. The Kiwi soft at 58.09 US cents. Gold just below $2,000 an ounce at 5 a.m. Australian time. Number two, China's economy has just had a setback. PMI data for October was weaker than expected yesterday, with manufacturing sliding into contraction and services barely expanding at all. Here's ANZ's chief economist for Greater China, Raymond Yun. It tells us that the uh, economic recovery uh, remains very fragile. You know, the, when we observed the economic indicators uh, last month or the September number, we were hoping that the uh, economic growth momentum uh, will come back and with a, we're expecting a stabilization of the uh, overall downturn or the cyclical downturn. But now with this uh, October reading, it caught us by surprise. And so we definitely need to observe um, the economic activities uh, over the next two months in order to have a uh, better sense of how the fourth quarter number will, uh, will come up. Number three, Raymond also found signs of deflation in the Chinese PMI figures, which is concerning from a debt servicing point of view. Our concern is that even though the third quarter GDP surprise on the upside, there will be real growth of 4.9%, but at the same time, the nominal GDP growth actually was lower at 3.5%. So uh, the uh, price deflator of China is negative. 
And we know that the government is trying to boost growth through debt financing. Uh, they have announced a uh, 1 trillion uh, yuan of a supplementary uh, budget deficit, an additional fiscal injection to the economy in order to support growth. But since this is, I would call it debt-fueled or debt-backed growth and uh, the credit that stimulus concern us because whether that will generate sufficient normal GDP to service the debt payment in the future is still a big question mark to me. Number four, business confidence surged in New Zealand late in October to its highest level in six years. Back to the last time, there was a conservative national-led government in power. Nationals' win in the October 14 election saw respondents in the ANZ survey brimming with enthusiasm about the wider economy after that result. As ANZ New Zealand's chief economist, Sharon Zollner, explains. There is a little bit of a a political impact on the headline business confidence measure. The question there is about general business conditions over the next 12 months, and there does seem to be a political element to that. I would certainly not call it a bias um, or spurious. This is genuinely how firms are feeling, but there, there is a genuine question mark around whether they will follow through and change their decisions on the back of that. So we do tend to rely more on the questions about firms' own expectations for their own firm, for their own investment, their own employment, uh, that sort of thing. And we did see an increase in those as well, but not as dramatic. Number five, Australia's private sector credit growth of 0.5% in September was up from the previous month and faster than market expectations. Here's ANZ Australia's senior economist Adelaide Timbrell with the two reasons for that, higher business lending and smaller early repayments by homeowners with mortgages. Part of this is that people are paying their mortgages back more slowly um, because we're not actually seeing a huge amount of growth in the new housing lending data. ANZ Australia Senior Economist Adelaide Timbrell there. Now it's time for part two of our bonus deep dive interview with ANZ's Head of Asia Research, Kuhn Go, into the surprising resilience of Asia's economies. All roads lead back to the US economy. The U.S. is still very important as a source of final demand. The pickup in the U.S. economy that we're seeing uh, is you know, broadening and filtering through into Asia, I'm sure, and you know, the pickup in China as well. I think we're starting to see that uh, flowing through into the rest of the region as well. And just finally, do you think that um, China is also getting some traction with its various measures to grow the economy faster? I think if the recent economic data is an indication, then you know, I suggest that we can see further momentum going forward. After all, a lot of the stimulus measures that have been announced so far, these things will eventually start to filter through into actual activity. Uh, and the uh, uh, increase in the fiscal deficit uh, projection from 2% of GDP to 3.8% of GDP uh, that's going to take a little bit before it starts to really be reflected in the economic numbers. Uh, so I think we just have to be patient. Can go there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Wednesday, November the 1st. Catch you tomorrow with the Fed's decision straight out of its FOMC meeting and the latest on New Zealand's labour market data, which is due today. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. 
please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.